Welcome to another episode of Hemp Barons. I'm Dan Humiston, and today the president of the U.S. Hemp Authority joins Joy to talk about her hemp journey and her responsibilities leading the association that's helping to create the transparent framework that will guide the industry into the future. Let's join Joy's conversation with Marielle Weintraub. Thank you for being with us on Hemp Errands today. And thank you for having me. Well, it's really our pleasure because I know what a crazy busy week this is for, frankly, for all of us at the U.S. Hemp Authority and all of us in hemp because last week, of course, the USDA dropped their rules, their final interim rules. And so I know how busy we are. So thank you very, very much. I want to talk today, Marielle, about the U.S. Hemp Authority. And in full disclosure to our listeners, I'm the vice president of the U.S. Hemp Authority, a 501c6 trade association. And Ms. Marielle, you are the president of the U.S. Hemp Authority. And, and while we met long prior to our service to that nonprofit group, that is where we have gotten the most of our, of our work done together. And it's such an honor and a pleasure to be able to roll up my sleeves with you and view the work done by the technical committee that creates these versions and move it forward into creating really industry standards that will give safety and quality assurance confidence to consumers and to law enforcement as we unroll dietary supplements, foods, and cosmetics made and derived from the hemp plant, whether they be grain or whether they be the extract with those valuable non-intoxicating cannabinoids. Before we get into your work and this new version 1.0, how did you come to hemp, Ms. Marielle? How did you learn about the hemp plant and were drawn to it? What's interesting is it seemed like I was on a random path, but that random path actually put me in the place I am now because I was working for Covance, which is now Eurofins, a dietary supplement and food testing lab. And I was really doing dietary supplements only covering Colorado and Utah. And one day I was at a dietary supplement event and someone came up to me and said, can you test CBD products? And actually, I think he said, will you test? CBD products. And, and mind you, I have a PhD in neuroscience. And I looked, looked at him and said, what's CBD? <laughs> and that's when the conversation started. It was in 2016. We ended up speaking for hours. I was enthralled by the concepts. When I was in grad school, I had studied cognitive deficits and the effects of inflammation on cognitive deficits. And immediately I thought, I wonder if, if this could have worked when all the other drugs have not and I called my dad, who's a physician in, in this, and I said, have you heard of this? And he said, I have heard of it. I don't know much about it, but I know I've got patients leaving Texas to move to Colorado. And he happens to be a pediatrician. So I started to review it. I fell in love with the concept and the work that I had been, been able to find in the studies back from the 60s uh, out of Israel. And I brought it to the attention of Covance and Eurofins. And in the beginning, it was an immediate no. And it took me a couple months and a couple layers of lawyers to get them to finally agree to start testing CBD and hemp products. And what we learned is we built a, a very large testing program that I think has, has helped a lot of groups. So between starting that program there and, and the Hemp Authority, it's probably what I'm most proud of that I do in this hemp industry. I did not know that story, sister. I'm <laughs> thrilled to be hearing this. Wow, what an inspiration. Just absolutely amazing. And 
I did know, however, that you're very much responsible for bringing hemp into Covance. And then Covance, of course, was acquired by Eurofins. And we're so grateful for all of the testing facilities, particularly the ones who are just very engaged in creating standards. And of course, who have become ISO certified and all of those things. But when Eurofins became involved, that brought it to another level because of the tremendous credibility that Eurofins brings. Could you just explain to the listeners a little bit about the history of Eurofins and, and what Eurofins means basically in the food and dietary supplement space? Sure. So in the U.S., Covance is actually the, the bigger lab, which is why Eurofins wanted to own them. Globally, Eurofins started in France. They were the first to test and identify grapes for wine to show that people couldn't adulterate specific types of wines by using the wrong grape type. So if you actually look at the name Eurofins, the first instrument that Eurofins was using was actually an infrared version of testing. And Eurofins is actually, it was a sniff test is what it's called, S-N-I-F is, is the initials of the instrument. And so the owner thought Eurosniff sounded terrible, so he named it Eurofins. And it has since exploded in the United States as well as all over Europe. There's some very large labs in Germany and other countries, but they saw the good that Covance had and the testing that Covance was doing in the U.S. and wanted to bring that into their already large testing group in the U.S., but it just allows them to cover almost every state in the United States for testing and different types of testing. So not all of them do dietary supplements, food, or cannabinoids. They are very specialized. So some only do pesticides. Some are well known for doing genetic testing and so on and so forth. But it gives people the opportunity to work with a very well-known and trusted name. And it gives the hemp industry a chance to have their testing done with a group that can really back the work they're doing and and if it was even mentioned, I don't know if this is going to mess with your timing of USDA discussions, but even USDA mentioned the fact that you should be using ISO accredited labs that have validated their methods. And Eurofins brings that kind of trust into this industry. Absolutely. So not only on sample preparation and analytical methods and that whole sort of part of the technical operations of that cycle, sampling and analytical, but testing around shelf stability, testing and food science services. So Eurofins offers just a tremendous amount of services with all of its years of experience to the industry, and it's really amazing. Let's move forward now to the U.S. Hemp Authority. So we've been having these hemp, particularly hemp grain industries, have been evolving. Hemp cosmetics have been evolving long before the 2014 Farm Bill, and the United States has been and is to this day the largest importer of hemp uh, raw materials and manufactured goods in the world. So we've had an industry here, but as the 2014 Farm Bill came along and created these agricultural pilot programs or allowed states that have passed hemp legislation to create agricultural pilot programs, and so the, and then the hemp extract industry came around about that same time, as, as I often say on this show, you know, hemp extract hit us like a ton of bricks about six years or so ago. It, you know, we were oil, seed, and fiber, and all about the grain and the fiber, um, and then hemp-derived CBD came along, right? Uh, and now the 2018 Farm Bill is, has legalized hemp as an agricultural commodity. But the thing is, it's a brand new industry. It's, it's not just an agricultural industry. We're talking about industries that affect all aspects of humanity and human and animal needs. But if we drill into what is human consumption mean? So we're talking dietary supplements and food and, and to some degree cosmetics, they're ingested through the skin. 
we knew that there needed to be standards, that it would take time for the FDA to come up with a regulatory framework or to fully accept and catch up with the new liberation of hemp taking its place in the broad light of day with all of the other agricultural commodities. And so the hemp industries knew if we're going to have trouble and bad actors may take the industries down if we don't have standards here. So the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, a 501c4 advocacy organization formed in Kentucky, and by the way, that is the advocacy partner of the Hemp Industries Association, of which I'm the president, founded in 1994. We could not be more pleased with the just incredible, frankly, heroic and ongoing, relentless work of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable. He funded the second organization, the U.S. Hemp Authority. Not a member-driven organization, a organization to create a third-party, independently verified certification program that would create a procedures, an audit schematic that would assure safety and quality assurance of these products derived from hemp. And so proud of the fact that the, the version 1.0 came out last year in November and several companies were certified. And now we're on version 2.0. So just tell us, from your perspective as president of the U.S. Hemp Authority, how you first feel about the U.S. Hemp Authority, what it is that we do, what our goals are, and then we'll get into version 2.0 and those updates for everyone. Absolutely. So the U.S. Hemp Authority was developed so that we could have an easy way for people to identify safe, legal, and quality assured products. It started in 2016, as you had said, when there was a group of the larger hemp and CBD companies that were afraid someone would have what Larissa Pavlik from UNPA likes to call a 60 minutes moment, where one group would bring down the entire industry. And you can actually see that today in in stock market prices, where we rise and we fall together. And what we didn't want to have happen was someone epically fail their consumer and bring down everybody else with them because we want people to have access to these products. So we created guidelines based on the FDA Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act in 1.0 and have since very much so strengthened those regulations for 2.0. We have to remember that when we rolled out 1.0, we were the first and I believe only certification program, and we're definitely still the one with the third-party audit. So there are other certifications out there, but unfortunately, a lot of those, you fill out a form and you send it back in, and they may or may not qualify your answers. Where we are specifically using third-party independent auditors to make sure that the guidelines that we have set, and now we have set them to be identical to that of the Code of Federal Regulations, which is what the FDA follows for food and dietary supplements, and cosmetics to to make sure that we're following those guidelines as well as the patchwork of state guidelines we are also responsible for. And so what we wanted to do was give everyone assurance that hemp companies that are certified with the U.S. Hemp Authority seal are creating quality products that have been verified by an independent auditing company. We're not talking about an audit over the phone or an audit on a form. Oh, no. We deploy... Yes, physical inspections of these facilities take at least a full day and physical inspections of the farms for the growers who want to be certified. And thank you, of course, for making that distinction, Marielle, that 
while there are others and they're sort of popping up by the day, it's kind of like there are hemp trade associations popping up and there are <laughs> certification programs popping up, or as I like to say, folks putting a shingle on their shack. But these are not real third-party independent verified certification programs. Please recognize folks out there that lawmakers and regulators need to be able to trust these certification fields. They mean nothing unless it's actually a trusted seal. And a seal can only be trusted if there is a physical inspection from a third-party independent service to really reinforce that all of the requirements and obligations under those guidance procedures of the program are actually being met. And so we're very excited to be able to you know, deliver that, not only to the many hemp industries, so that they have these procedures to go by while the FDA continues to sort of spin its wheels trying to create a regulatory framework, but also, again, for lawmakers, regulators, law enforcement boots on the ground, that when they see the U.S. Hemp Authority certified seal on products on the shelves, they can rest assured that it was sourced from legal hemp, compliant with currently the 2014 Farm Bill. And we've even had entire chains of retail stores contact us. And I think one that is actually being executed in agreement with us because they only want to carry U.S. Hemp Authority certified sealed products on their shelves. Is that right? The one thing about retailers is they also have to follow very specific CFRs, codes of federal regulation. And one of the regulations they have to follow is they have to, they have, to have a form. It's called a supplier verification program. Because if they're going to trust the C of A's of the companies they are allowing to sell product in their store, the federal government wants to know that there is oversight over those companies. And so the retailers need a supplier verification program. The U.S. Hemp Authorities is the one that these retailers are trusting based on the fact that we did roll out 1.0 and we learned a lot from 1.0. We also saw where our gaps were. And we went out of our way to fill those gaps and to make the program stronger and to reach out to more stakeholders across the hemp industry. We had farmers, we had processors, we had retailers, we had brand owners. And what we wanted to make sure was that when 2.0 rolled out, it was much more refined from 1.0 and reflected several changes that were needing to take place based on either federal changes or based on consumer requests. Let's go, if we could, through sort of the, the five highlights of what has changed. Would you want to explain or, or just sort of list those? Because they're pretty, they're pretty big deal. Right. So one extra one. So I think there's, there should be six. I think there are five listed. The first change is that before we had growers and we had manufacturers. And what we wanted to make sure was there's a large group of people now in this industry that are brand owners. So they white label their products. And what we wanted to make sure is that brand owners knew that they were responsible, just like manufacturers and growers are responsible for relevant FDA regulations. And we want to do this to make sure that product safety is the highest priority of everyone receiving the certification seal who was able to get it after the audit. But we were very much making our processors, manufacturers, and brand owners responsible for complying with all relevant FDA regulations as well as what we were doing before, which is your, your state, federal, or tribal regulations. At the same time, there was a very large request for us to make sure that genetically engineered hemp was prohibited from the program. So we won't allow genetically engineered hemp products to be certified. 
And if you're going to use genetically engineered non-hemp ingredients, you have to identify those on the product label. This is a little stronger than what the FDA has rolled out in their regulations where they have made listing ingredients voluntary that are genetically modified. We have said that it is not voluntary, it is mandatory that you list those ingredients. We're not saying they can't be in your products, but we want the consumer to be able to choose the product that is best for him or her. Super quickly on on that one bullet point, just to say that when the U.S. Hemp Authority reaches out across the country for stakeholder input, for public comment, so not only did we, of course, create a technical committee from across multiple disciplines, basically the wide spectrum of hemp disciplines from labs to growers, processors, fiber grain, dietary supplements, everything in between. But also we reach out for public comments and those periods last between 45 and 60 days, our public comment periods. And we received over 2,000 comments to get to version 2.0. About 1,700 of them were generated from a, a sort of robo email uh, that an organization, Vote Hemp, put out. And generally, historically, the Hemp Industries Association has worked very, very well with Vote Hemp. Vote Hemp has done a lot of heavy lifting and just tremendous work getting legalization done along with these, with these other groups. But it was fascinating in that in working with some of the folks from the Center for Food Safety and the folks who are quite related to Vote Hemp, we were exploring the issue or the genetic engineering issue. And of course, I was not at all for genetically engineered hemp being included in our program. I was simply an opponent of it, as was everybody else. And in fact, I believe of the comments we received, we only got one comment and it was didn't even have specific language to add. It just said that they, I think, were a proponent of GMO hemp. One comment out of all of them. But it was interesting because Vote Hemp sent out an email saying that the Monsantos of the world, through their proxies, were lobbying the U.S. Hemp Authority with some dark conspiracy to ensure that we would somehow allow genetically engineered hemp. And this is just simply a figment of someone's utter imagination. No such phone calls, no such communications in any way, direct, indirect, through proxies or otherwise, through electronic, oral, or written correspondence. Did we receive any such lobbying? So, so that was fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate that the email was generated and that people were taking such a hard stance. What I didn't appreciate was the fact that the language had already been written and included and was available online when they decided to send that email out urging us to not allow genetically engineered hemp into our program. It's important to be able to make those calls and get people motivated and to send emails. And it's unfortunate when it's used after the fact and when everyone's already in agreement. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And so, and to wrap up that point, We are all in agreement. Nobody, except for the one random email we got from the one random guy, (laughs) wants GMO hemp to be certified right now. So it's not happening. And Also along those lines, we're not allowing synthetic or biosynthetic CBD or any other synthetic or biosynthetic cannabinoid in the program. So those products will not be hemp authority certified. To also be as transparent as possible, we are demanding that, that product labeling include country of origin where the hemp was grown and to make our lives easier when, when discussing the different types of hemp and broad-spectrum, full-spectrum isolate, we have defined terms for use in our labeling in the glossary section of our guidelines. No, and folks who want to go use those terms on their label will need to match the definitions in that glossary. So instead of, 
I wonder what this company means when they say broad spectrum, and I wonder what this company means when they say full spectrum. If you're US Sense Authority certified and you're using those terms, folks can go to the glossary, which are publicly available online, and that's what it means. Right. So the, the idea is to be as transparent as possible with all of your products, with all of your labeling, with our auditing and our guidelines, and give people the power to choose which products they prefer. Absolutely. And and on top of the biosynthetic and synthetic cannabinoids, of course, there are cannabimimetic phytochemicals. And these are properties in plants that can affect either stimulate, antagonize, or just otherwise modulate the CB receptors, such as these properties, these cannabimimetic phytochemicals exist in echinacea, in carrot, in black pepper, cacao, you know, a few of these other plants. And while that's wonderful, if folks want to extract those plants for those cannabimimetic phytochemicals, those are not cannabinoids. Cannabinoids are derived from the genus cannabis, and in our case, from hemp, that those cannabis varieties that are legally defined as hemp. Also, those will not be certified. So we are only dealing with actual hemp-derived foods, dietary supplements, and cosmetics, whether that be the valuable protein-rich or omega-rich grain, hemp seed, or whether that be cannabinoid and terpene-rich extracts from the hemp floral material. Right. And we've reached a lot more farmers interested in the program. And so we're, we are rolling out 2.0. And I'm sure at some point we will roll out 3.0 when we realize there are gaps here, when we need to add new regulations that are rolled out by the USDA and the FDA. So we do plan to continue to evolve the U.S. Hemp Authority program as the hemp industry grows and as changes are needed. So please keep checking in with with our website, because what we also plan to do is to continue to take when we have new regulations or when we have new guidelines or changes, we do plan to also reach out again to stakeholders and industry members. And and we like to get those comments. It really does help us build a much stronger program if we're working together. Reading those comments and these late night sessions and reviewing the work of the technical committee and all the things that, you know, we've done, it's amazing the contributions that are out there and the folks who have invested time in this program. It's really quite fantastic. Speaking of when we talk about how retailers want to just carry products that have the seal, it's the same thing I'm learning with bankers and insurers as I am involved in these different work groups and, you know, in just a multitude of aspects of creating standards and policies on various aspects of these emerging hemp industries. There are bankers that are like, hey, I want to know more about this program because I think that the folks who have earned the seal would be a safer bet to loan money to. And the same thing with insurers. Folks who have earned the seal, whether they're farmers, processors, manufacturers, or brand owners, if they've earned the seal, then they are a safer investment for our insurance coverage. It's really an important thing right now, especially for folks involved in these industries who are looking to get some type of seal or hitch their giddy up to some type of organization. Don't invest in the wrong one. You've really got to invest in a certification that lawmakers, regulators, and law enforcement and retailers can truly trust. And there's only one that exists, and that's the U.S. Hemp Authority seal. And, and you can find out a, a more information about it at ushempauthority.org, including the certified companies. And is there anything to report, Ms. Marielle, on our certified companies or where we're at with certified companies? Under the 1.0 guidance procedures, there are more than 30 companies that have been awarded the seal. What has always been the intent of the U.S. Hemp Authority Certification Program is to have a yearly audit. So we are rolling out 2.0, and yes, 
Every company that has the seal under 1.0, when it's time to renew their certification seals, will be going through the audit. They will be going through the 2.0 audit. And we will continue to keep this program as a yearly audit so that we have that quality assurance that we set out to gain from creating this program to begin with. Absolutely. And I think, again, to maintain and earn that credibility with lawmakers, regulators, law enforcement, and and others, especially while everything is rapidly developing, annual audits are absolutely required. Perhaps in the future, when things are more established on state and federal levels, it may be that companies who scored over a certain score on their audit, perhaps they could have more of a desk audit the second time instead of having the a physical inspection, but we're talking some years out before the program would be able to consider those types of benefits for, for companies and farmers who have really shown long track records of compliance. Until then, again, if you want to create, create credibility, and that is the entire point of the seal, the seal is only as strong as the obligations under it and the integrity of maintaining those obligations under it is going to be for sure an annual review. So version 2.0 guidelines are up there on the website, publicly available for everyone to see and grab. Just go to ushempauthority.org and check out those guidelines so that you can see what is expected of you if you are in the hemp dietary supplement, food or cosmetic space, again, whether that's grain, that very valuable nutrient-dense seed, or whether that's extracts and cannabinoids and terpenes extracted from the floral material. If you want to know what is really expected of you, please go check out those guidelines. Come into compliance. If you want to participate and earn the seal, which more and more we're developing and nurturing those relationships with bankers, with insurers, with retail stores, get on board and look into enrolling into the program. We've made it very affordable, both through the audit process and for licensing fees with caps and so on and so forth for farmers and acreage and few numbers so that all companies of all sizes will be able to participate here. Hemp is for everybody. Marielle, working with you is a very high honor. We have another work session tonight and I'm looking forward to it because you're just such a pleasure and you're so brilliant and so dedicated to this plant and dedicated to really responsibly creating industries and standards so that we can deliver on the promise of this incredible, versatile, valuable plant. It's an honor and a pleasure to work with you, sister. Thank you for everything you do for hemp. And thank you for being with us today on Hemp Baron. I appreciate it. Thank you. And anytime, Joy. listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Kenna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.